Welcome back to the Four Pillars of Hell podcast. And today we have Dan O'Sullivan. So, Dan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, lads. Thanks for having me on. So, Dan, um, Dan is a personal trainer. He is a fitness instructor, uh, trains and competes in jiu-jitsu and does some coaching for jiu-jitsu as well. So, Dan, uh, do you want to tell us a little background of like who you are and what you do? Um, okay, so I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, I've been lifting weights for the last 18 years and I've been doing jiu-jitsu for the last six years. Um, like that's that's including COVID years, but I, I we still train, like I still train through COVID. So I'm counting that as six years. Yeah, and uh, I suppose like your background, like say like when you were in... When, like school and stuff like what did you were you a sporty fella or what were you into or um do you know what um i was actually thinking about this today um i actually started off doing community games um like i was entering 100 meter races 200 meter races and 400s and i was always placing in medals like i always placed first second or third um if i got third i was annoyed myself that i didn't get first and that was like, that was when I was like eight. And I was like, okay, I'm actually quite fast. Um, I wasn't the best of football. I won't lie. I wasn't the greatest of football. Um, they actually ended up putting me in goals for the primary school team. But I always ended up getting spoken to by the ref. Because um, if, if you were coming at, at my goals, I'd probably end up taking you out of it. So basically... That led me to first year in secondary school taking up rugby because I wasn't very good at football. I wasn't enjoying being in goals. So then when I went to secondary school, I said, do you know what? I'm going to try rugby. And turns out I was really good at it. I played it from 13 up to 24 when I had to retire. So that was that's how I ended up playing rugby because I was in goals. And I always, always, took, always took the opposite player out. And then with the rugby, why, why did you have to retire? Um, five concussions one season. So um, my last concussion was my fourth time in, in the MRI or in the HCT scan machine. And it was literally like, oh, right, this is protocol, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when can I go back playing rugby? They were like, we bad news. And they were like, they showed me the scan. I remember my mother was with me and they were like, do you see that little dot? It was like a size of a pea. And they were like, that's a bleed in your brain. And the good news is we don't have to operate. And the bad news is you have to give up rugby. So I was like, I mean, it's literally like, it's like they told me like they were going to have to take my left arm from me. So I was like, wow. So it was serious. Um, I didn't have a choice um, and yeah, it was, I suppose, like from the age of 24 um, until I found jujitsu, like was just a haze, like, you know, because like for us, I suppose, like, I suppose I was going to say for us hobbyists, for us amateurs, um, there's no aftercare. There's no like follow up. Like you, you finish up athletics, you finish up soccer, you finish up rugby or football, and it's just like, all right, thanks for everything. 
see you later. You know, there's no follow-up. Uh, like, told my club, told my team, and then I just became a supporter. But inside, I was like, right, what do I do now? So I was quite lost. Um, I went to the weights room, lifted lots of weights, but it wasn't the same. It's not the same. You know yourself. Um, yeah. You want to, like, you want to train. You want to train to compete or train to play. So um, there was a bit of a, there was a serious haze of transition to find another sport. Like, you know, um, yeah, it wasn't, uh, I, it wasn't pleasant looking back in it now. It wasn't we actually nice. had that, our dad, we had a fella on before actually, um, that had this, a very similar story to this now. So we had a, a coach, uh, Dara Fitz, like he's from Seeker Strength, but yeah. he, he said he had to retire as well from rugby. And yeah. we were like, why was that? He said concussions. He said for a, pe- a long period of time after he was playing rugby, he'd sometimes forget his own car. Do you know, like he'd, he, he wouldn't know where the keys are. He'd say, what car am I driving? You know, things like that, which is absolutely terrifying. Um, but did you have like kind of memory loss or anything like that from, from the concussions? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> That's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. That was a cliche joke. That was a lined up. He just threw the ball to me and I just knocked it out That's of the good. Bar. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I don't remember. No, um, <laughs> I suppose I took no notice of it. Um, like, when I played, like, when I played, uh, it was just a case of like, yeah, I took a knock to the head. I felt dizzy. Um, I took I took headache tablets. You know, yeah, that's the kind of game. Uh, like, that just that for me that's what I went hand in hand with rugby like you put your body on the line you put your head where people wouldn't put their foot and it's like yeah you know that was it for me I was like I was used to it like I mean like it's no no disrespect to the sport but when I started playing like nobody knew what like a real concussion was like you know there's no level no grade one or you know the different types of concussions now and the return to rugby protocols that they have. There was none of that. It was just like, are you all right? And they'd ask you like, and you go, uh, yeah. All right, can you play on? And you go, uh, yeah. Right, so go on, good man. That was it. But like, you know, I was like, Jesus, looking back at it now, I was like, I was tackling fellas twice my size. And like, I was a good tackler and I always hit them with intensity and physicality or whatever. But I used to be rattled all the time. I mean, you know, like in rugby, there's a drop off your old half is going to drop it off to the opposition, hang it up 10 metres, uh, just go 10 metres. And it was my job to tackle whoever caught it because I was fast. So I'd literally watch the ball come down and time it, wait for him to catch it and bang, crease him. And I'd be like, whoo, like a flash grenade's gone off in my head. That happened 20 times in my career. And I'm like, was that, was that a concussion? I don't know, you know? Um nice. I was just saying, like the like the the word concussion and stuff, like as you're saying, like it is. I I thought it was just like thrown around all the time. Like you'd see it, in, like even with the the soccer kind of in the Premier League and stuff like that. Um, I only started to know really and take it seriously after the Will Smith movie, really. Um, when when he did it in the NFL, I think yeah, it became like um a big thing kind of after that. Um, but like what I was gonna say is um that kind of period after the rugby. Like, was it kind of like a real lonely period? And like, did you like become distanced from the team or like, did you stay in contact with any of them after? Or was it just kind of cut off? 
Um, no, no, I'm an all-in kind of guy. I'm all-in or all-out. Um, and when I got told I couldn't play, I literally became, like, the number one supporter. Like, I could have told you the height and weight of every single player on the team. You know, uh, it was just like, I went everywhere. Wherever the team went, I went. Um, like, that was harder, though. It was nearly, that was almost like salt to the wound. But I didn't acknowledge that. I wasn't acknowledging that. Now I'm acknowledging that. But it's almost like I'm looking back in time. Like, it's like the wound has only healed in the last two, three years because I've actually acknowledged it. It's like, at the time, I was just in a complete haze. And I was like, this is what I have to do. I have to stay with the team, support them. But that made it harder because I was like, I was feeling the tackles. I was scoring the scores. I was winning the games. I was losing the games. I was going through the same emotions. Um, I celebrated with the team. We went to the pub. I mourned with the team when we lost. You know, it was a, I was still there. Um, so that was harder. Um, I would have been better off if I stepped back and just didn't go near it. I think I could have saved myself a lot of... I suppose, like, I don't want to go say I was depressed, but, like, there was a lot of blues. Like, there were serious days where I was blue. I couldn't train. I couldn't leave out say my pent up energy like I'd look at it a case like like you'd shake a bottle of coke or seven up and you'd open the cap and you'd leave the fizz out slowly like like I wasn't able to do that anymore um rugby was my thing it was my outlet it was like you know Friday evening training get ready for a game on Sunday Wednesday evening training there was loads of contact there was like getting praise well done Dan I was creasing fellas at training very intense very physical I didn't have that anymore. So I go to the weights room, you know, lifting, deadlift, bench, squat, wasn't the same. Didn't get that physicality, didn't get that return from it. So jiu-jitsu gave me that. Um, I found jiu-jitsu quite late. Uh, I started when I was 26. Um, but like jiu-jitsu gave me that physical aspect that, that you know, um, yeah, it's a physical sport. It's, it's kind of in your face. It requires a lot of technique, but it also requires a lot of strength and, you know, a lot of aggression, control. I, think, I, I just think, like, like the built-up energy is, is a big part of, of being a lad as well, too. Like, um, and I don't think it's, um, like, I, I don't think enough people kind of use outlets like exercise enough kind of these days to, to get things like that out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I, I feel the same actually, Dan O'Sullivan, because uh, we have two Dan's here. <laughs> this is this is I'm talking to you now, don't no, Dan. Um, but like, do you know about that outlet? Like, I'm very similar that way. Like, I'm a very calm person and a very relaxed person throughout the day. But then you see me in the gym and I'm slamming weights down and I'm, you know, power cleaning 100 kilos. Like, if I didn't have that, you know, I feel like I would kind of not be as calm in situations and. I could get a bit narky with people, but it's yeah. the fact that I have that. I feel like it's very important for not just men, but anyone really like to have something. And jujitsu is that thing for you. Like it's, it's in a rule set, you know, you're not trying to kill the person you're trying to submit them, but it's, it's an outlet for you for all that energy, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. It's like, I think we're all the same. Um, I, I, whether you're whether you're 16, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're 45 or 65, I see it now. 
Um, and, and, and I'm sure if you're in the gym, if you go to a public gym, there's every age group, every single person, male, female, young, old, uh, overweight, slim, muscular. We're all the same. We're all the same upstairs. That's what I think. And I think everybody is now realizing it's not just like it's not a bro thing to do weights. You know, it's it's not, you know, it, it's not the girls in the corner or girls doing the booty and core workouts. It's everyone. Uh, and it's like, as I said, I go back to that fizz in the bottle. It's like I was talking to a person recently who said they haven't had a chance to exercise. Um, and they said to me, they've been really bogged down with work. But they've said, they said to me, you know, their fuse is a lot shorter now. And they've noticed that. So I'm like, that's good that you're aware. But the fuse lengthens when when they work out, when they go for a walk or they get on the bike or, you know, they do a kettlebell workout or a spin workout at home or something. That fuse gets longer and they're able to deal with small things, you know. Um, like I, I, I have a. I have this kind of standout story that I share to all my clients that come to me for PT. Now we're all human. Like it's a case of like how I know I'm not getting enough exercise or I need to maybe acknowledge the pent up energy. It's like, I call it my dishwasher story. Um, I'm loading the dishwasher. That's my job. And I'm putting all the stuff into the dishwasher and I go and close and slide the, the drawer in and a fork is stuck and the fork is stopping me from closing the drawer. So instead of pulling the drawer of the dishwasher out and taking the fork out of the way, I tried to go a second time and just kind of go, eh, it might get out of the way itself. No, third time, no. So I'm like, literally the third time when I tried, the plates just rattled and everything. And my girlfriend was in the next room and she said, is everything all right? And I just went, yeah perfect but it wasn't because i literally physically i imagine throwing the dishwasher out <laughs> of the house but in in that in that couple of seconds i fought with a dishwasher because i didn't get it didn't close and i was just like wow then i acknowledged that that's pent up energy that's my fuse is really short and i was like why did that happen okay right maybe i need to meditate maybe i need to uh, maybe I need to go for a walk on my own. Maybe I need to acknowledge that in the gym. Maybe I need to challenge myself in a in in a jujitsu format. But it's just like, oh yeah. So like that's the dishwasher story, but that could be magnified with a person, or you know, or in public, yeah. or you know, you see people on the road, road rage, you know, beeping people out of it. It's like that's that's pent up energy. We have to leave that out. I, I, I feel like exposing yourself to like some sort of stress is very important. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like it's kind of like a, it's like a mental exercise, you know, say if you're, if you're lifting weights or if you're doing an ice bath or if you're out for a, a hard run, like mm -hmm. you're kind of battling with yourself at that time, but you yeah. always feel better after it. Like I've never once had an ice bath and after it felt terrible or i never once trained you know got a great pump like power clean snatches whatever and felt terrible after it so i feel yeah. like in like like making it your business to do something difficult now to feel better later and that's kind of with pretty much everything like it's not yeah. like life doesn't get easier you just have to get better at life 
to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Fact. And you, you mentioned um like meditation there too, just a bit. Um is that something you do? It's something I try to do. Yeah. But I, I do it terribly. I do it terribly because but I, but it's still meditation. Like, you know, I'm talking to someone, I'm talking to people who I know meditate quite a lot. And I ask them questions. And then it's like, I might meditate for 15 minutes, but my mind's going 90 miles an hour. That's meditation. You know, I'm acknowledging the fact that my mind is going 90 miles an hour. I'm acknowledging that, you know, I had a fight with a dishwasher. Um, I'm acknowledging the fact that I lost a training to five guys, five people in a row. Um, I'm acknowledging that I no longer want to lift really, really, really heavy weights. If I don't meditate, I don't acknowledge those things. Uh, I meditate really poorly. If you saw me meditating, like, I mean, you're supposed to sit still and be calm, but I actually feel like I get angry when I meditate. So that's good. <laughs> that, that's good. That's good. It means I'm, I'm bringing it to the surface and it can be let out of the fizzy bottle of the bottle. And so, so like, I've never I, heard that before. Just just cursing at the cam app or the Headspace app. <laughs> now, close your eyes. I would never fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like cursing at Jay Shetty. Like, if I met Jay Shetty, I'd shake my hand. I go, Jay Shetty, do you know what I think of you? <laughs> How dare Matthew McConaughey talk me to sleep? (laughs) It's like you're, it's like, how do you know I listen to sleep stories? Who told you that? (laughs) I like my kind of experience too. Like, I think the more you do it, the worse you get at it. Like, um, and you you just kind of have to, you have to keep at it and stuff, but I'm, I'm never really consistent. So that's why I was saying like, um, just to see how you get on with it. Um, it, it, it's i think it's the only thing i think it's the meditation is the only thing that the more you do it's like the harder it gets uh whereas like with with lifting weights or track and field or uh, like even practicing good nutrition the more you do of all those things the the better and easier it gets but with meditation it's like the more i do it's like it's it's like the harder it's becoming and it's like you're demanding more from it and you're like i'm meditating for the last three four weeks i should be an expert now but i'm not and and, and then yeah <laughs> progressive overload of the meditation <laughs> progressive overload and then rage against the machine for three weeks five sets of 12 of meditating <laughs> Christ, and then no a super idea. set of giving out to the dishwasher so then, uh, uh, jujitsu. Um, so, what's the training like and the the competition side, and what's your mindset like when it comes to competing? Um, good question because I just come off the back of competing last Sunday. Um, I booked myself into this competition Christmas Eve, so I finished up work on the twenty third, and I was sitting at home um, on my own. I had all my house jobs done and I was listening to an audiobook. And basically my audiobook called me out. And I was like listening to a chapter. And it, the name of the chapter was Merry Fucking Christmas. It was David Goggin. David Goggin's second book. So I was listening to that and I was like, there I am. My right, Goggins is calling me out in this book. Merry fucking Christmas. What's my present to me? 
my present to me was that I booked myself into the earliest competition in January because I didn't want to. I was avoiding it. I was standoffish. I, I don't like super competitive, you know, 100% rules without any of my teammates. I try and avoid it. I don't like training the ego, but I was like, this is for me. 24th is uh, December. Add to cart, check out, book, I'm doing it. I told no one, bar one or two people. And I just, in my head, dialed in the training and said, right, now it's time to, now it's time to get, you know, get serious. Um, uh, I kind of, I kind of call it like go to the dark room, um, control things there, find the light switch, see what you see, stay there, you know, get out of there. Um, yeah, I competed. I got to the final. Um, and I ended up being, uh, I lasted 10 seconds in the final. Uh, I was judo flipped into the middle of next week and I sub dislocated my knee, my patella, uh, 10 seconds in, lost the fight to verbal submission because I roared. And look, it is what it is. It's contact sport. But I've spent the last week reflecting on competitions, on my preparation. What could I have done wrong? What, what can I control? And it's like, you have to hand it all over. I've done a lot of meditation. I've done a lot of meditating this week um, in relation to my competition. And it's like, you just got to hand it all over because I can't change the result. I'm, I'm injured. I know what to do. Do I want to compete again? I don't know. Right now, I feel like I just want to hang up the fucking competition gi and not go back there but it's all raw you know i feel like a bull that just needs to go out and be fed nice grass with a blanket over his back and that's it you know just let the bull be now nobody poke him or aggravate leave him alone that's the way i feel but this bull this bull might buck again who knows but right now just happy out in the corner uh chilling out and licking the wounds and is is there any risk around you, you like just the the concussion side of things just because it is a physical sport do you know what dan no i've never ever once felt what i felt when i was playing rugby because in jiu-jitsu it, it's like john cadness says um john cadness says you're either all the way in or you're all the way out so there's no big run-up there's no collision there's no big, huge impact. Now, there is small collisions and there is throws. There's judo throws. Um, you know, there is foot sweeps, but nothing near rugby. Like rugby, you have two people weighing 100 kilos, both running at 20, maybe 20 miles per hour. That's a 40 miles per hour collision. And that's the way I look at it. That's rugby. Uh, Jiu-jitsu, you're... If me and you go on the mat in jiu-jitsu, we might be a meter apart, two meters apart, max. <laughs> and eventually it's very close and you're grabbing my collar, I'm grabbing your collar or I'm grabbing a collar tie in the back of the neck. And there's contact very quick. There's no huge hits. But like, I suppose there is flips, there is throws, there is foot sweeps, but nothing to do. No risk. I've never felt anything like I felt in rugby. So I feel good. Uh, the brain, the head, it's pretty safe. So, yeah. From what I hear, it's like 
it's it's there's so many ways to lose you know like and well i suppose so many ways to win as well like it's one of those sports that it just takes so long to be good at it and the more you do it the more you realize how much you have to learn because i yeah. i did do jujitsu for we'll say i did it like a 12 week course about you know about five years ago i did it in spg clarney nice. i loved it but i was stuck in athletics at the time so i didn't keep it up but I yeah. remember thinking, Jesus, I can see why it can be so addictive. Like, there's yeah. so much to learn. And, like, you know, you could be at it 20 years and you still wouldn't know it all. Like, Exactly. 100%. Um, and, and that's what I love about it as well. I'm training that. I'm training, like, my patient side. <laughs> I'm training the, you can't have it all now. You can't do a 12-week program and be, now I'm an expert. Now I can go away and teach everybody else. Um, it requires patience. It requires. Um, it's like. Um, it's like there's a a a black belt, Chris Hotter in in SBG, and he's up there with one of the greatest. And um, I'm going to do this horrible justice now. Um, I'm going to get slated for this, but I'm going to try. It's like it's not who's ah. Uh, Oh God! It's basically who's left, who's left after years of jujitsu, who's still on the mat. That's it. It's like you know, like fifty people could start that twelve-week course that you do, but ten might stay on, and that ten might go to five, and that five might go to two, and those two will get their black belt out of fifty people. You know, and that's what I like. I like that. I like the odds are sacked against me. I like to kind of maybe say right. It's it's going to require me to stay around for 12 years. And then when I get my black belt, it's like, now I get to do jiu-jitsu. Do you know, that's what I think. It's like, I have my black belt. I'm not an expert, but I might be able to share notes or swap notes with another fellow black belt. And the, the game is always changing. It's always advancing. In the last five years, it's changed completely to what it was 10 years ago. You know, it's gone all, you know, it's gone all leg attacks, leg entanglements, uh, you know, heel hooks, foot blocks. And then you have the old school guys who are like, that won't work on the street. You know, you've traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is like, it started on the street. Street jiu-jitsu, where it's like, you got to take a man's back, you got to put him to sleep and then run. Like, that's where jiu-jitsu started. But now the experts are saying, nah. Let's attack their legs because their legs is like 70% of their body. Let's take their legs away from them and break them. And then they won't be able to, you know, beat me or you won't beat me because I'll take your heel and I'll heel hook you and you'll attack if you it don't was, attack your heel. It was so cool watching those clips of like Hoist Gracie, you know, back in the day with, with the UFC. Like Crazy. Uh, Dan Apex Nutrition, I don't know if you've seen that, but he was like he in the old days in UFC you could wear kind of whatever you wanted. So like he'd yeah. be there, this skinny fella. Now compared to the other boys, he was skinny, yeah. he was light, and he'd be wearing like a jujitsu gi. And he could be fighting this huge lad or a wrestler. And he'd he'd end up submitting all these guys. It didn't matter how strong they were, how good they were at boxing, whatever. And people were like, you know, what is this thing? How how does he keep yeah. winning fights? Although he's way smaller, way weaker. And yeah. it was just cool to be honest that he could just submit people and like kind of trap them 
and then you could be pucking them in the face, but they're they're submitted, so they can't. Their arms and legs aren't in use. Like, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, the the good thing for me with with my history of concussions, there's no strikes in jujitsu. There yeah. is a there is a type of jujitsu. It's combat jujitsu where you get to strike with your open palm. Now that's a different ball game altogether. Yeah. Um, that that's a different style of jujitsu. It's combat jujitsu. You can hit with your hands open, but yeah, no. Um, jiu-jitsu is the it's for the it's jujitsu is for the it's for the small guy. It's for the um it, it's it's for the it's for the quite it's for the quite person. It's you know it's it's for the it's for the person that may not look sporty. Like I've seen a I've seen in Ireland I've seen some of the black belts in in other gyms in Cork and Dublin and you know Limerick. And you just see them coming in. They might do a seminar in our club. And you're like, he does not look like a black belt. He does not look like he could kill me. But then he starts doing jiu-jitsu and he's got you tied up like a pretzel. And you're like, Jesus Christ. And he's 60 kilos. And I'm like, I'm 30 kilos heavier than him. I'm way stronger than him. He doesn't lift weights. I do. I should be. I should beat him. But no, no. He's, he's five steps ahead of me. And he's just tying me up with my own body. And I'm like, well, but if you saw him on the street, he's like, yeah, you know, he just yeah. looks like a regular dude with a hoodie and a pair of jeans on. He's like, oh, yeah, cool, you know. And, and does it take 12 years to get a black belt? Uh, they, between 10 to 12 years. Yeah. Um, if you were to spend two years in every belt, white belt, blue belt, purple belt, brown and black. Uh, yeah, brown. Then after fight, after Jesus. 10 years you get your black if if you stayed at two years every every color belt roughly roughly but some guys some people end up you know like i i'm a blue belt uh i'm a blue belt a year um i may be another a blue belt for another year or two years and then i get my purple so you 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 end up you end up spending you could end up spending more more than two years at each belt depending on how active you are how many sessions you get in uh per week but like um like there's full-time guys in gyms in ireland that are like you know 24 25 26 and they're going twice a day you know they're going morning sessions and evening sessions and they fly through the ranks like they they'll like they'll get their black belts in maybe six years or seven years, you know, much quicker. And, and you have to compete for it, don't you? Yeah, compete not necessarily. No. Not necessarily. You don't have to compete to get your um, to get your um, next belt. Um, I think for like, I suppose it's just time on the mat. You can serve the time, and you get rewarded. Like, like you're not going to get, you're not going to get, like, you're not going to get, like, I'm not going to get my purple belt if, uh, like, by just, you know, just talking about it or just reading about jiu-jitsu or just showing up to one session a week. Like, our our black belt, PJ Lucy, will would need to see me and then be like, if I don't compete again, he's not going to say, oh, look, you're not getting your purple belt. He's going to see me on the back three, four times a week. He's going to see me in the weekend doing S&C. And it's going to be like, okay, right. You know, this person is is on the mat, training hard. They deserve it. They don't deserve it. They might have to spend another six months 
they might have to upskill on something and then it's like, okay, you get assessed and you get put through the ringer and if you survive, you get the belt, you know? It's it's different with different clubs, I presume then. Like they have different standards of like, oh, this is what I think a purple belt is or no, this is what I think a purple belt is. Um, Correct. Um, Yeah, like... It's like, yeah, different clubs have different standards. Um, generally, like a blue belt, as a blue belt, I I should be able to do certain things. Like yeah. if I'm if I'm not doing the basics, if I'm not doing the fundamentals, uh, well, then it's like I'm a phony blue belt. You know, I gotta be able to defend myself against you know, other blue belts or maybe white belts that have been around for a while, nearly blue belts. I've got to be able to defend myself and, and maybe attack them and beat them. Uh, I suppose it's like, I, I don't want to go down on record in saying it. It's like, if you're a purple belt, you shouldn't be beaten by a blue belt. Um, <laughs> but sometimes you might get a really, really good uh, blue belt that can beat purple belts. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. No, 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 no. But you could get fiery. You could get, you know, everybody has a day. Everybody could get, get lucky on the five-minute roll. I don't There's oh, levels to the game. There's levels to the game, for sure. So, so then, then I suppose we can move on to, like, coaching, um, fitness instructing, all that. So I suppose I see you in, in inside in town in the gym, like, you know, you're busy out with the classes. So how did you get involved in that and, like, what do you like about being a coach? Um, I suppose I'm a coach. I'm training people uh, seven years, um, and I've worked in I've worked in various types of gyms. And I suppose this last year, last January, I made a decision to do my own thing to uh, coach people in what I believe is a good style, a good approach. Um, you know, like, um, I suppose my favorite thing about it is it's just about consistency. Um, like, I love seeing the same people sticking with the format, sticking with the classes. Um, the longer they stick around, the longer I get to know them. Um, I suppose I love... I love connecting with people. Um, I love helping people. Let's just put it down to that. I love helping people. It sounds cliche, but I do. If I coach you, I coach me. That's it. Simple. If I if I coach if I coach Mary, I coach me. That's it. That's like my motto. My motto is I coach you, I coach me. And um yeah, um every every time I step into class i'm like i will take energy from the class like i will i give energy but i get energy as well and it, it keeps me going it keeps me going and yeah then, there's nothing there's nothing like the energy of a class like you know blaring tunes i know you like to have the tunes loud i've heard them by yeah um, plenty of energy what, what were you gonna say apex I was going to say, like, um, do you do anything kind of touching on nutrition or like, do you look after your own nutrition? Um, 
yes, I do. Um, I would, I would help people. I would recommend to people. I never tell people what they should do, um, because once you start telling people what they should do, they then can go against the grain and say, "I don't want to do what he said. I don't want to do what." They said, so I always just suggest and I always say, in my own personal opinion, this is what I practice and this is what I believe works well for me. I think you should try it. And basically what I do uh, with people and myself is uh, time restricted eating. Um, I don't eat breakfast until 1pm every day and it works for me. And it has worked for uh, it has worked for some of my clients in the past and current now. And they're like, oh, my God, it's the best thing I've ever done. Um, and they're losing weight. They're feeling better. It's holistic. You get a, a nice like internal feeling. The gut gets a chance to do its thing, repair, recovery. Look, you're the nutritionist. I don't know how you stand on it. It's just people say, I couldn't start my day without breakfast. I'm like, just push it out to 11 o'clock, maybe 12 o'clock, maybe 1 o'clock. Play around with it, you know. Yeah. Um, actually, Dan, what 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 advice would you give now? To, so say if I was just beginning my fitness journey, I had never stepped foot in a gym and I want, to, I want to kind of like lose a bit of weight, get a bit fitter. What kind of advice would you give? generally of like if i was just day one in the gym we'll say what advice um like would i have to be consistent would it would it would it be overnight would i would i get jacked over in two weeks like all oh, right 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 i was like i was like this is a curveball question no this is a stinker you're trying, <laughs> to, catch me you're trying to catch me off guard i don't like this but i'll answer it um I would say pick one thing, pick one thing that you want from the gym, from fitness, from nutrition, from lifestyle, pick one thing and double down on it. Double down on that one thing. Because I get people and I have conversations with people and they're like, I want to lose three stone. I want to put on muscle. I want to get down to size 10. I want to be able to run half marathon. I'm like, whoa, stop. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's like, it's like we're in the shop. You're with your parents. You're with the mother. She's like, you can get one thing. That's it. It's like, right. I have to pick one thing here. That's it. That's what I ask everybody that comes to me. I ask them, pick your one thing. We'll double down on it. And we'll make sure we're going to do everything around that. Uh, everything around that one thing to achieve it. That's it. Uh, Apex Nutrition there says uh, you can't drive to Cork and Dublin at the same time. Yeah. So that's you it's get, I'm I'm a big man for my analogies. Um, and it's nice. like you, you can't yeah you can't drive to to Dublin and Cork at the same time, but you'll get close to to each of them. But then like you'll just end up kind of in the middle, just really confused. I like it. <laughs> yeah like the the thing the thing i see with with clients is patience and the same as you actually dan like you said like oh i want to you know i want to lose weight i want to 
I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. But it really is kind of like a patience thing as well that they don't understand that it is, it's a lifestyle. You have to kind of decide to, to live in that way. It's not like, oh, I'm going to pay a personal trainer for six weeks and my whole life is going to turn around. It's, it's kind of an internal thing where you have to say, look, I'm ready to change. This personal trainer will direct me in the way to go, but mm-hmm. I have to do it myself. Do you know, like it's kind of, I'm not going to pay Dan money and instantly I get in great shape. It's, it's my own decision that I have to, I have to put in that work and Dan is just going to direct me in the right yeah. way. Like, yeah. Well, like I would, I would tell, I would tell every client that I believe I'm like, I'm like a driving instructor. Um, like if you come to me, it's my job to teach you everything I know about the fitness industry. The longer you stick around, the more I can teach you. If you only want to stay with me for six weeks, then that's fine. But it's like driving. It's like when we start off driving. If you only get six lessons, you may not pass your test. Now it's compulsory to get, what, 10 or 12? I don't know. Um, I'm from all money side. Like, I just got my license inside theory, and I was able to drive around straight away. But it's like the more lessons you get on driving, the better you get at driving. So I'm the same. I say that to all my clients and everyone that comes to me. I'm there to teach you. The longer you stick around, the more I can teach you. And eventually it'll come to a stage where you don't need me anymore. You will be able to go into any gym anywhere in the world and work out confidently with control, calmly and know and go, wow, yeah. And I'm like, geez, Dan taught me that. I better do that. Push, pull legs i'll do a bit of core and i'll do a bit of conditioning oh that's a program and they won't need to look at a piece of paper or or on their phone it's going it's in the brain and it's stored there for life that's what i believe in. i suppose that's where like the satisfaction for us comes in as well like when you see your own client um that you may have worked with for a few weeks Mm -hmm. and you see them in the gym and they're you know like they're progressing nicely they're doing a nice warm-up they're 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 moving correctly like that that stuff means you did your job well so i suppose like with the helping people side like i'm big into that as well um that's kind of why i do it as well so yeah apex any more questions that's that's kind of it for me um it's great great stories and stuff like that i like the the mix of analogies too I'm, i'm big into big into that so um yeah that's that's kind of it for me I have one actually. Uh, I just thought of one. What do you like currently about the fitness industry, and what don't you like? Oh, <laughs> man, you're hitting me hard with these thinkers, boy. You said they'd be no wrong. They're not thinkers. How, how are they hard? It's like what you like and what you don't like. I Dan Apex, will you start this out? Like I'm being rigged here. <laughs> he's got a he's got a book of hard questions. He asks everybody. questions I asked. These politics, by this is politics. This is like, this is like. <laughs> no, you don't have to go too deep with it. You just say what you like or don't. I'll ask you what you think of Mary Lou after this and religion. <laughs> oh, stop, stop, stop. No, okay. What do I like currently about the fitness industry? Okay, what I like about the the fitness industry currently is there are more people inclined to start their journey early. They're not waiting until almost like the doctor tells them. 
Now, like Dan, you're a nutritionist. People would come to you when maybe their GP would recommend them to see a nutritionist. Now what people are doing is they're starting earlier. Now I coach kids as well. And what's happening is moms and dads are exposed to a lot more information. So they begin, so they're allowing their children to begin their fitness journey. You know, I'm working with kids who have dyspraxia and, and, they're, and they're, they're starting fitness earlier, which is brilliant. If they don't, if they don't play a sport, then it's no longer like, let's wait uh, until, you know, they make up their own mind at 21 or 22 or they finish college and they're overweight. And now it's like, oh, I'll just wait. I'm just going to whatever. I'm going to wait. It basically, they're starting their fitness journey earlier in life at 13, 14, 15. And I can see that trend in the gym. There's a lot more teenagers in the gym than before. And what I dislike about it is there's too much information out there now. Um, it's overlooked in relation to my job as a movement coach. I'm overlooked because it's like, oh, I don't need him because I can get a workout on TikTok or I can get a workout off Instagram. If I follow him or if I follow her, I'll basically do their workouts and I look the same in 12 weeks. And then they're like looking at themselves after 12 weeks going, why don't I look like that? That's what I dislike about it. It's too much information and we're not able to, we're not able to relay it into real life in the gym that I'm not Dwayne Johnson and I won't look like Dwayne Johnson, but I'm doing the Dwayne Johnson program. I heard teenagers say that in the gym. They're about 16 years of age and they said, one of them said to the other, I'm doing the Dwayne Johnson program. And I just went, ah, Jesus Christ. I'm like, like Dwayne Johnson's been lifting weights for nearly most of his life and he's on a lot more than vitamin B and just let, <laughs> let's leave it let's leave it at that <laughs> let's not go down there it'd be another podcast yeah yeah but like last thing I'll say is like you can be a great marketer and a shite coach and have loads of money or you could be a shite marketer a great coach and have no money I think that's that's something that's very. <laughs> what do you think of that? Well, it's like <laughs> it's like you could drown in a teacup if the teacup was big enough. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's funny the way it's funny the way that is now. You know, like everyone's a coach now. When you look online, yeah. and guys are like really good with their videos and their all these topless pics, and they look great from the angles and the steroids. But are they a good coach, or do they just have a massive following? Do you know, like a lot of that, like that's something I don't like, but I, under I understand that I have to be better at marketing. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that don't deserve to be where they are. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, it's, it's I suppose, it's down to the individual. Um, I suppose, like, from a marketing perspective, you can't beat word of mouth. You are the product, how you carry yourself how you say hello to people, if you smile, uh, if, if you just, if you just like, you know, do something outside of your job, like help someone at the shop with their shopping. That's what I believe in. It's like, that's all a roll on effect. And then you might get three calls or three people inquiring about signing up to your program. And then you're like, Oh, I didn't do any marketing that, that for that. But it's like, that's, I just, it's like karma. 
you know, it doesn't cost money for you to ask someone, do they want help to put their shopping into their boot? Or maybe you see someone struggling in the gym and you go, do you want some help there? And then I actually, I'm a coach. I can help you out. And then you're like, oh. And they look at you and they're like, yeah, I don't know how to work this machine. Like, no bother. And then it's like, okay, if you ever need help, just ask me or someone else that work here uh, because we're happy to help. That's marketing, I believe, because we can get sucked into the whole, the grand game and the TikTok game and pumping money into ads and everything else. And then you're kind of like, hmm, uh, as the product, I'm getting diluted. So you got to look, I'm only speaking personally. Um, I'm old school. I am the product. I smile as much as I can because if I smile at someone, someone might smile back at me. And then they go, well, I like him. He's always nice. And then that's it. Yeah. He'll, she'll tell a friend and then that friend that rings me or gets on. That's it. I, I agree with that. And in the place that in the place that I work, like, you know, you see so many people every day and it's yeah. so important. Like I, I've actually started to try learn people's names now because there is only one of me and there's like, I wouldn't say hundreds, but there's, a, you know, there's a lot of people come into that gym every day. Like, yeah. And I'm trying to make it my business now to like say, oh, how's training going? What's your own name? I didn't catch your name. And I think people like that because it's easy yeah. for me to just, you know, not pay attention, not say hello. And they're like, geez, he's a bit of a dickhead, isn't he? So <laughs> It's just the, it's, yeah. it's a snowball effect, basically, of being nice to people. <laughs> yeah, but, totally. Uh, but yeah, Dan, thanks a million for coming on. Uh, that was great. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, uh, very insightful. Love the jujitsu mm-hmm. chat. Love, yeah. love the, the health and fitness space chat. And yeah. we might have you on again at some stage. Yeah, delighted. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. It's always good to talk to like-minded people. This has been the Four Pillars of Health. Uh, Thanks for listening.